Hey guys, Darren here. Super excited about today's podcast. This is audio extracted from a session that I did at the incredible Jake's House Church in Arlington, Washington for their week of refreshing conference. This was a day session where I spoke on the battle for revival. We're going to dive into this here in just a second, but before we do, just wanted to remind you to make sure that you subscribe and review this podcast in iTunes. Reviews are the word of mouth for podcasts. And so if you take the second and just write up a little thing, that would be incredible. Now, one star means that you think it's kind of lame, but five stars means that you think it's off the chain. Now, I've created a shortcut to get you there. Go to thedarrenshow.com. That'll redirect you to iTunes. Again, thedarrenshow.com. Don't forget to subscribe. That'll keep all the latest audio content flowing automatically right onto your streaming device, whether that be your um, computer, your tablet, or your mobile device. So enough on that. Let's dive into today's podcast, The Battle for Revival, right here, right now on the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Let's go. Connecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. Be <laughs> created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> there is more. He said, what? I got pads. I got pads everywhere right now. Look at all these How you doing? Doing good? Yeah? For real? Are you just saying that? Yeah? Sweet. Nah. I'm doing good, too. I feel like the Lord gave me a word, and, um, and, uh, and it's, I'm a passionate guy. I love passionate things. love passionate movies. I love passionate music. If it's passionate, I may not subscribe to the worldview behind uh, all content, but there's something about passion that just gets me gets me going. the 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 the, the challenge for me today is going to be to uh, to speak on something that I'm really passionate about, but but to not cross a certain line, um, if if that makes sense. Um, and uh, and then and, it, and then I just like to ask for special grace because to a certain degree I'm not even really speaking to you. Um, I'm speaking uh, to the air. One time somebody came up to me and said. Um, who are you talking, like a real good person, a real prophet came to me on a Sunday morning and said, uh, good message, but who are, you, who are you speaking to? And I said, it wasn't to anyone here, I was speaking to the air. Um, and because uh, sometimes, sometimes we think that, um, that, uh, that flesh and blood is true reality. And I would just suggest if you can see it, it's temporal. Well, that's what the Bible says, yeah? Um, and so I just want to be very, like, I just, want you, I just want you to know that I so love you and I so value you this week. And I also want to say this right off the bat, that, um, that uh, Pastor Keith, I know that, that you have not gone, that this is not a Xeroxed week. Um, it might have the same title as, this, as the conference last year, but it's a radically different conference. And what I feel is like gravity. I feel gravity in my heart regarding the preparation that you and your, and your family, uh, that you and Carmen 
especially, have really approached this week with a lot of sobriety of heart um, and with a lot of uh, diligence before the Lord in inspecting your hearts and making sure that you guys, that your hearts are right before the Lord, even before going into this week. So I feel that sobriety of heart, and I honor that um, because, because most people don't even, wouldn't even, they just think they're coming to a conference and they hope the speakers are okay. You know, that's really my prayer this morning is that I'm okay. Um, <laughs> Um, when I came in on Sunday night, uh, for the, the first night of week of refreshing, um, the atmosphere here was, was, the atmosphere here is always incredible. It's always so honoring. It's, I, I call Jake's house a sister church of Seattle Revival Center, uh, because when I come here, I feel like I'm at home. And, um, but when I came in on Sunday night, the air was different. It, actually, the atmosphere was the same atmosphere that I walked into one night, um, uh, on a, on a stormy Tuesday night. Um, I got to the service late, and, and it was literally, trees were literally blowing over. I didn't think anybody would be, because who goes to a church service on a Tuesday night, you know? So I got there late, and I came, and, I, and, and literally, the parking, all of our parking lots were packed out. I went walking into the building, and I began actually reliving a dream that, I, like a little dream that I had in the past was actually being fulfilled as I was walk, walking into it. And it, and it was, and it was the atmosphere. The atmosphere in the dream, the Lord uses his dreams to put desire in my heart. So I've noticed that. Um, he's sneaky like that, you know? Anyways, uh, so I, I came, I came walking. <laughs> I'm doing so good. I love, I love chasing squirrels. I'm doing so good right now. I walked in on Sunday night, and, uh, and I felt the atmosphere, the same atmosphere from the dream, the same atmosphere uh, when I walked into our building on that stormy Tuesday night, and it was just, you know, and what God was doing there. And, um, and I felt like the Lord say, it's your turn. And he's so pleased with you. I know you know that. You don't need me to say that. The Lord's so pleased with you. And it's different. It's just different. You're different. The, the atmosphere is different. The year is different. Everything's different. So this is not a Xerox. This is not like, last year was good. Let's photocopy it. God doesn't do that. Whenever God does something, it's always new. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Give me this day my daily, my daily bread. Yeah, you've got to be really careful when you eat yesterday's bread. Even if it was good, and even if everybody liked it, sometimes we brand ourselves off of yesterday's bread because it was popular. And how do you know that you're engaging with the things of God? Because you're not so popular anymore. Uh, I want to talk to you about the battle uh, for revival. And, um, and, uh, For me, this is personal. Like, this is a very personal. This is a very personal word, and for me, this comes very, uh, very close to, very close to home. And um, uh, and I, <laughs> I just don't want to just start off by crying. So, um, all right. So this is what I want to do. I want to actually start off by. Uh, uh, we will go to Galatians 3.3. I think it's important just to frame out kind of where we're going, the battle for revival, before we start talking about urine. Um, did he say urine? Yeah. And not just urine. Um, I actually want to talk about prosperous pee. Um, now, 
you can relax because that's not actually pee, that's apple juice. And some of you are actually relieved right now because some of you thought that I actually had the audacity to put a shot of whiskey on the screen. So no, it's not whiskey and no, it's not pee, it's apple juice. But I want to talk about prosperous pee. You say prosperous pee, what are you talking about? Do you know that Americans have the richest pee in the world? It's true. Americans have the richest P. And you say, what are you, what are you talking about? $36.7 billion okay, is spent on vitamins and supplements. In America. You, you get that? And where does that all go? <laughs> That's some prosperous P. 85,000, 85,000 supplements and vitamins. And any nutritional people that are here will tell you that there's only actual 16 fundamental vitamins that your body needs. Something like that. It's 14 to 16, somewhere in there. Don't ask me what they are. I imagine C's got to be one of them, right? Vitamin C, amen? Um, so you have 85,000 uh, supplements. Why, why are you talking about this? Because the church is not an institution. The church is a body. So we need to talk about body and body function. If you're going to talk about revival, you've got to talk about... Now, I'm not, being sh I'm not trying to shock you in order to awe you. Um, sometimes we've got to talk about stuff that we don't want to talk about. And if we're going to talk about revival, we, 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 we've got to get out of this idea of this glamorous kind of thing uh, we've got to talk about the reality of the body of Christ. She's not an MLM. She's not a business. She's not an institution. She's a body. It's a she. It's the bride of Christ. And she's got functions. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. When we say the battle for revival, we're talking about the battle for the functioning bride of Christ. On the earth. This is what we're, this is what we're talking about. 85,000 supplements and vitamins that are not regulated by the FDA. Okay, and what's interesting about um, about this conversation, which I hope that you're enjoying, is that um, <laughs> when it comes to um, supplements, the most um, uh, exciting, the most prosperous supplements. I, I don't. You can probably guess um, what they what they are. The, the the ones that sell the most, and not only do they sell the most, they're actually the most dangerous. Okay, so the most popular vitamins and supplements on the market are the most dangerous. Does anyone want to guess what, what, what they actually are? Any, anyone? Diet. Okay, you got, well, look at you, right off the bat. Absolutely. So weight loss pills are, 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 are one of the highest grossing and some of the most dangerous. What's another one? Steroids. I think that kind of goes into the, into the, into the weight loss. What's, what's another one? Someone said age. Antidepressants? The steroids is, it, that, that is, that is one of them. But it's not just steroids. It's, um, it's anything that has to do with body building, okay? So there's a lot of stuff on the market. It's not necessarily a steroid, but anything that has to do with um, body building, okay? So we have body building, we have weight loss, and I'm surprised that this one didn't actually come up yet. Sexual enhancement! Yay! Sexual enhancement. So <laughs> Come on. I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> Sexual enhancement, bodybuilding, and weight loss, yeah? Now, when it comes to sexual enhancement, we have some sexual enhancement issues within the bride of Christ. 
So much so that we've been using supplements. You say, what's a supplement? Supplement is um, it's a, it's, it's a synthetic form of, of the real thing. And, and for the sake of this conversation, I'm just going to say within the body of Christ um, that there are some counterfeit forms. There are some synthetic forms to address the intimacy issues that we've been having within the body of Christ. That there is some sexual enhancement intimacy issues within the body of Christ. And so what we have is we've generated um, supplements, okay, that would come and make us somewhat complacent, somewhat um, uh, okay. It would, it would, it would, it would be, it'd be just enough, okay? It'd be just enough connection, if you will. Just enough um, time with, just enough so that we feel like we're not religious. Yeah? Why is there a battle for revival, okay? Because here's what revival, here's what revival does. It takes us to the main thing. It takes us to the real thing. It takes us back to our avocados instead of trying to take a potassium supplement. The second thing is bodybuilding. It's, it's, a, big, it's a big thing. Huge, huge, huge market. Okay? This is the second supplement. This is the second. It's a, it's a, it's a, a counterfeit, synthetic um, uh, thing that we have uh, taking place within the church right now, where church functions. There, there's all these different blends and all these different things that we can do within the body to do what? To grow the body. It's bodybuilding. Bodybuilding supplements are one of the biggest um, counterfeit forms of revival within the church because we think that if we're building our body, then we're in revival. And to the very degree that we will say we're not in revival if our body isn't being built because, again, there's the idolatry of the seen realm. And so they say that you can know how healthy your revival is by counting people, by counting offerings, by counting all these things. But what about, what if the change was not creating atmospheres where people show up, but creating atmospheres where God shows up, even if that means, hold on, even if that means we need smaller rooms. That, that here's, 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 what, here's what revival does. It takes us to the real thing. It takes us to the true source. But when you lose connection, when you lose that place of, of real intimacy, and now you have just enough, just enough Jesus, just enough doctrine, just enough understanding, just enough knowledge, as, as Matt was talking about, you have doctrine and understanding for things, but you have no functioning reality to the degree that we go running around professing a lot of stuff, but in being in possession of very, very little. Yeah? Bodybuilding. And the third thing is weight loss. What's so interesting about weight loss is that um, weight loss is that when you, um, when you, uh, when you are in, uh, taking everything into yourself in excess, 
And it's not actually bringing, you're not actually, um, uh, you're not eating for, for, the, for the fuel sake of food. You're eating for the euphoria and the, and the, um, and the side effects that are almost drug-like. And, and, um, and, and there is a place of enjoyment and enjoying your food as worship before the Lord. You can tell that I do, I practice this, but there's also this place of, of, of this place of where you get an understanding of food as fuel and you're being very intentional in what you're eating because there's there's very healthy nutrients that you need now here's what actually happened i don't know if you realize this that there was a major shift um in america when uh, with the with the discovery of synthetic vitamins and what they were able to do as far as pulling nutrients out of food and harnessing it and duplicating it and synthesizing it genetically modifying it in such a way where you could take a capsule now you don't actually need the real thing What happened? Our diet changed. You can track it. You can do this study. That now you can eat these little, these little flaky things. I don't know if you guys have seen it. They got these little flaky things. You eat these flakes. And, and, what, and here's what they do. They take dough, okay, and then they take all these synthesized vitamins, all these things that the body needs, and they put it all in the dough, okay? And then they roll, they roll it out, and then they, they bake it, and they turn it into these, these corn flakes, the, into these little flaky kind of cereals. And you can eat a bowl of cereal, and it's going to have all the vitamins that you need um, uh, to survive. And what's so interesting is they say basically if, the, if humanity wasn't engaging with some sort of form of synthetic uh, vitamins, with some sort of synthetic nutrients, we'd all be dead. Because the stuff that we're taking into our bodies is so radically harmful, the key nutrients that we need, that it can only be found in vegetables. We're just not getting the vegetables that we need. And so they're having to, they're having to modify all these other things and manipulate all these other things in order that we don't die. And this is why I believe that we need revival in the church. Do you know, I love, we, we just had this guy, a fascinating guy named um, Charlie Robinson with us this last week. He's a prophet, uh, prophet teacher, real father in the faith. And, and there's this big conversation about whether or not we need revival or, or, you know, or maybe revival doesn't exist. You know, somebody said to me, revival doesn't exist. I said, what do you mean? Like, a, it's a, like a unicorn or something? Like, there's no, like, revival, there's no such thing as revival. I was like, well, the problem with that is history. The problem with that is the Great Awakening. Charlie Robinson says something really interesting. What he said is that in the book of Acts, that wasn't revival. Okay? That, that, was, that was normal Christianity. So uh, what, do we, what do you need revival for? Or revival is when um, dead things come back to life. I'm telling you, what we need is revival because you have a, uh, you have a, um, a bride. You have a living person a living person that the Father loves so much, that there's so much that he wants to do. But our, our connection has been counterfeited by supplements so that we can say we have a, a, a form of intimacy with God. We have church growth. And, um, and, uh, and when it comes to weight loss, I think it's really interesting because there's a lot of excess. There's a lot of stuff coming into the church. But what you have is empire building versus the church going and transforming the world. So what do you have? You have fat. You know, a lot, a lot of fat. And, and the question is, is how, much, how, how many more dollars do we need before our communities start to change? Yeah, how much more money do we need? Because if there was actually a price take, the Lord, the Lord would give it to us. <laughs> yeah. 
So there's some, there's, there's, there, 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 there are major, major issues. I, and, 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 I, and I, I'm a pastor, and I love the church, but a, a major, major issue that we have right now is an intimacy issue where you actually have your own relationship with God. It's not, just, it's not just a fix that you get at a meeting or at a church meeting or just a fix that you get from siphoning off of your pastor's intimacy. You know, we, like getting caught with the hose in your mouth, going out of your pastor's gas tank. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. And sometimes us, and sometimes us pastors, we're taking gas out of other people's tanks. And, 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 here, and here's what happens. Here's what happens. We, we, um, we lay down all our, all, our token, all, all our token values, all of our good values. And I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking like we lay down harvest. We lay down even discipleship. We lay down all these token kind of goals and functions, and we go back to our vegetables. We go back to Jesus, and we just say, God, you are all, your presence on the earth. Is I, 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 I can't take any more pills. I can't, I can't take any more supplements. I can't, I, I don't care about the math anymore. I, all I care about is you. I have to have you in my bedroom. I know, like, you know, people say, but, but God's everywhere, God's everywhere present. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's time for you to be present in him. It's, it's like there's an invitation to come into this place. And this is, guys, this is what I believe is a revival dynamic. It's the waking up. It's the urgency being restored back to us so that when we wake up, we wake up in the glory. There's knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And we wake up in heaven. And where's heaven? It's on the earth. And you wake up in your kingly function, in your kingly authority. You wake up in his heart. And his heart begins to frame your day. You come back to your vegetables. You come back to your first love. That's where revival is. It's, a, it's an awakening. It's awakening to our first love. It's, it's a, I don't care. I don't care about, I don't care about anything else. Except my, of course, I care about my, my family, my children, all that. But when it comes to all the other stuff, all the other supplements, all the other stuff, Jesus, I just, I just, need, I want to see you, and I want to see you manifested on the earth through me. I just want your glory. I want your, I want, I just want to see your glory functioning, and and I want to know you. I want to know your your world, and and then that's where we we need to go, and that's what the battle is for. The battles for your awakening, the battles for your first love, the battles for you to. To awaken to the reality that this will not be a repeat of last year. Yeah, and this will not be a repeat of 1994 or 1997. Behold, God is doing a new thing, and you're going to have to do a new thing. You're going to have to do a new thing. And what's the problem with new things is that you've never done it before. The problem with new thoughts is that you've never thought them before. The problem with new encounters is that you've never had them before, and they will terrify you. They won't only terrify you, they'll terrify everyone around you. 
that God is inviting us into a very unsafe place there where he is pleased by our faith because without faith it's impossible to please this is revital there's a battle a battle for your awakening for my, there's a battle for this week there's a battle for this meeting there was a battle for last night I was here on the first night I felt the expectation I felt the hunger and I felt the battle there's a battle this is not just going to be given to you you're going to have to stand for something you're going to have to stand against some things and it's not going to be popular and it's not going to be sexy and it might get you crucified but what else do you want another meeting another conference another good message another powerpoint slide we need jesus only him 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 his glory on the earth ah You can be seated. Come on, do you, do you feel? I I know why you're standing. You're feeling that. You're feeling that in your gut. You've been so close in the past, so you could smell it, but you never got to see the steak on the plate. And here's the thing: God is not going to tease you this year. I love Bobby Connor. The Lord sp spoke to Bobby Connor and said, "Seekers will be finders, and finders will be sought after." What are you seeking for this year, man? But forget all the all the stuff. Forget all the stuff. God, we are seeking you, your presence, your glory, your substance, your your power your kingdom your government Lord oh ah like I said calm down there I just I want to do this well <laughs> I want to do this right My dad, my dad was an incre uh, incredible man of God, passed away July 6, 2016. I, I believe he, he passed away prema prematurely because of the battle for revival. I believe, you, you know, I, 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 I'm a grace guy. <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm kind of, I've, been, I've, been, I've been referred to as a, a high grace guy. Never been called hyper grace. But... But um, I am a little ADD about grace, ADHD about grace. I just think it's awesome. <laughs> Listen, you didn't know me. If you knew me, you'd think I needed the biggest spanking in the world, the biggest whooping. If you were God, if you were God, you would have tried to strike me with lightning. But Darren, that little punk, you know what he did? He kissed me on the lips. He kissed me in my religious self-righteousness and my pride and all my stuff. He kissed me on the lips and he said, even though you're done with me, I'm not done with you. So I'm a grace guy. I'm the kind of guy that does, I'm not a real filler. I, I've been into crazy demonic places and didn't even know it. <laughs> I'm like, doo -doo, doo -doo, yay, ha ha But here, here's the thing, warfare is real, and many times people don't feel warfare because they're not a threat to anything. Yeah, they have just enough, they have just enough belief to be, you know, to be satisfied and just enough. But here's the thing, when you start engaging with the things of God on the earth, all of a sudden you're going to run into some stuff. 
my dad ran into some stuff. The very first time he ever flew into Indonesia, um, there were uh, the billows of smoke that were pouring into the air. Those, all the smoke that was going up in the air in Jakarta were churches that were being burnt uh, by the Muslims. Uh, radical, radical uh, Islamic terrorism against the church in Indonesia. And, um, and so that, that was the environment. All these churches, churches all over Indonesia, two, three, four hundred people. Uh, my dad began going into those churches and revival started breaking out. Signs, wonders, miracles, the glory, the lightnings of God. And all of a sudden these churches were going from 200 people to 2,000 within a year. 2,000 to 4,000, doubling every single year because of the glory, because of the glory of the lightnings of God. Um, and still to this day, um, there, there's tremendous revival in, um, in Indonesia. Um, but my dad uh, found himself uh, at Bob Jones' house. And I don't know if you know Bob, but um, he, was a, he was a contemporary pro- a prophet on the earth. One of the most unbelievable seer prophets who really used his gifting to father um, younger, younger prophets. And, um, and bo- what Bob told my dad is, he said... Um, he said, uh, yep, th- yep, there's, yep, <laughs> here's your rap- revival, you know, like, you know, come into in- Indonesia. He said, but there's also the snake, and the snake's going to come after it. And um, what's interesting is, uh, it's exactly what happened. Um, we, we, we saw these tremendous, tremendous churches. My dad's home church in Indonesia was around 30,000 members. Um, their church was called the Holy Stadium. They had their own exit off the freeway. That, um, but when my dad first went there, they just had a few hundred people. See, that's what, that's, that's what happens. You, you get your eyes off of, off of bodybuilding. You engage with, with the presence of the Lord. And all of a sudden, you find out that Jesus will build his church. Yeah? And now they had their own exit, you know? I want an exit. That'd be a big exit, you know, over all the streets. So... <laughs> so my dad brought that word uh, to Indonesia the, the snake is coming you've got to be on guard for the snake let's look at this if you've got your Bibles turn with me to uh, Galatians chapter 3 Galatians chapter 3 begins in a very um, encouraging and edifying way. This is what he says. This is Paul writing to the church in Galatia. You foolish fools. <laughs> How would you like to receive like, a, a letter like that? You dummy of dum-dums. You lord of the dum-dums. Right? Like, like, it's, it's crazy. It says, you foolish fools. <laughs> Who has bewitched you? Who has duped you? You got hoodwinked. It was before your very eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing by faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, you are now being perfected by the flesh. What's interesting, what began to happen in Indonesia is that these incredible moves of God begin um, uh, 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 amplifying everything. Um, and, and here's what happened. The snake came in to get man to take control and to finish in the flesh what began in the spirit. 
And here's what happened. These incredible, uh, these incredible churches began looking to America to find out what was popular, began looking to America to see what was Western and what was hip. And then they began taking those influences and plugging them in to the degree, it's interesting, it says in Matthew 15, 6, that the power of God is nullified, it's squashed, it's abolished for the sake of tradition. And this is the battle, this is the battle for revival. It's this place where God begins to move and he begins to take back control because it's his bride, it's his body. And here's what, here's what begins to happen, that there's, a, there's such a battle, such a war, that the moment God begins to move, that leading up to, uh, I can tell you there was so much warfare over this conference. I, I, I just know there was so much resistance against, against, this, this, against this week. There's been so much resistance. Pastor Keith hasn't told me anything. Pastor Terry hasn't told me anything. Jeshua, has, they don't have to tell me anything. Because wherever there's an opportunity for heaven to come, there's a battle for awakening. There's a battle for that place of breakthrough. Because here's the thing. This, the battle is for that place of awakening, for the place of the government and the kingdom of heaven, where actually the realm and jurisdiction of the king settles in geographic locations on the earth. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to keep us Christian, to to keep us traditional, to keep us Western, to keep us hip. The enemy actually wants to build your church. Yep, I, I said it. The enemy actually wants you to look lean. Yep, absolutely. The enemy even wants you to have some sort of generic form of counterfeit intimacy that looks like some sort of pathetic, desperate worship. And, and, and the enemy will do that. He will give you just enough to keep you inoculated from the real thing so that when the presence of God comes, you don't even realize it because it's just good enough. It's just kingdom enough. It's just okay enough. And we say all the seats were filled. It was okay. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit wants to know is, are you going to hand over the keys to the car? Are you going to give the reins? I saw in the Spirit, even for this place, I saw a wagon, like, like, a, like a covered wagon in the Wild West. And the Lord says the opportunity is for this region to be a trailblazing community, to make trails, to make ways. But there's a war for this awakening. There's a war for this region. And the temptation will be to get just enough, just enough, just enough, just enough good numbers, just enough testimonies to say, God, he, it was good. It was a good week. It was a good week. But, but I'm telling you, we're going beyond events. We're going beyond good weeks. We're going beyond Sundays. We're going beyond these different mentalities. God's going to break the box so his kingdom can come. If you want his kingdom to come, his kingdom will squash your box. His kingdom will, will squash your conference box. It'll squash your Sunday box. I am telling you something. The glory of the Lord is coming to such a degree that we won't be able to touch the microphone. We won't be able to touch nothing. We will, it'll be his glory it'll be the voice of the Lord it'll be the authority of God and you're gonna have to be okay with wondering is the service over the biggest mistake that people think about the Bible is that revelation is the end and that it's the end times revelation is the beginning Re revelation is the intro back to the garden the intro back to Genesis 
We're not coming into the end times. I'm sorry. We're coming into the beginning times. We're coming into the era where the kingdom of God settles down. Where heaven comes to earth. It's the new and perfect heavenly Jerusalem that settles down on the earth. You are being trained to reign with Christ Jesus. You're in training for his reigning. But everything religious and everything predictable and everything, there's even so, so much charismatic stuff that just wants to keep just enough shuba. Yep, 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 to make you look revival. Revival has nothing to do with the songs we sing. It has nothing to do with how many people fall on the ground. It has nothing to do with manifestations. Revival has everything to do with when you're at home and you're weeping because the angels of God are ministering to you and the love of God is igniting within your heart and you don't care about anything else anymore. You just want to be with Him. You just want to be near to Him. Where the Father wrecks you with His desire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, there's a war. I'm telling you, there's a war. And how does God do it? He ministers through conferences. He ministers through weeks like this. I'm not deconstructing things just for the sake of preaching my peeves. I'm telling you, Jake's house, I'm telling you, Snohomish County, you're in a time of acceleration. You're in a time of opportunity. And the only thing that's going to keep you back is what tradition would say is successful. You get to take off that mantle of what success looks like. You get to take off that mantle of what hip looks like. This is the most difficult time in church history for the church to engage with revival. Why? Because of the snake. Yet the moment, the moment you begin to run with the things of God, the criticism will come. The opportunity for betrayal will come. The opportunity for crucifixion will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we see it over and over and over again. Charlie Robinson, can you just um, turn the thing off now? I'm done with slides. And I don't want to have him up there. I, I hate snakes. My son kind of likes them. Like, they're just an animal created by God. One day, one day they won't be so bad, but... This is the hardest time, because the reason why I say this is the hardest time is because the temptation is going to be to want balance. You're, you're going to want balance. And the temptation is this. How do we balance hipster church with revival culture? And let me say this. This has nothing to do with hipster church or revival culture. You can have revival culture and not have the man of fire. There's too many times of saying, here's, here's what a successful revival looks like. Let's take it. Let's reverse it. Let's reverse engineer it. Let's come up with our 10 to 15 year plan. And let's do all the revival things. All the revival ways. We'll, and, and, and we can do revival things. We can do revival culture and not have the man of fire. Yeah, yeah you, you can do revival culture and not be a revivalist. You can be traditional. You can have all this kind of, of stuff uh, taking place. What's interesting, I found this so interesting about, um, about when it comes to, when it comes to the, the snake. This is the battle for revival. It's for counterfeit passion, counterfeit worship, counterfeit prayer, counterfeit revival. And yes, there is counterfeit revival. Hank Hanegraaff wrote a book about it in the 90s. Remember Hank? God bless Hank. I don't even know what he's up to. But did you know that the original phrase, counterfeit revival, it was not developed by Hank Hangraff. It was developed by Jonathan Edwards. The very first man who wrote about counterfeit revival was a revivalist. Why? 
because he knew broccoli and he knew supplement broccoli. Do you know that during the Great Awakening, there were all kinds of people that were looking at Jonathan Edwards trying to be Jonathan Edwards. There were all kinds of people that looked at his worship dynamics. They tried to duplicate that dynamic in their own setting. And this is what Jonathan Edwards uh, did through his writings. He says, get your eyes off of revival dynamics. Get your eyes onto the man of fire. The man of fire. This is what I know about the fire of God. He is an all-consuming fire. You will not control him. You will not manipulate him. And when the man of fire comes, he will offend everything that breathes. The man of fire does not give a rip about your preferences. Look, I get, I get the whole thing of being loved by Abba Daddy. I, I sing the songs. I do that stuff. But I'm telling you something. There is a visitation. There is an encounter with the man of fire that will change you down to a molecular level where all of a sudden it won't just be, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. It won't be that. But it'll be radically that. That everything that's not kingdom will become black and white in 2D. And only that which is being framed up in the heart of the king takes on a five-dimensional reality where now there's intentionality and in everything that you're doing to the degree that you talk to the janitor and the janitor says, I only do what I see my father doing. And I see my father, my father is cleaning the toilets. So I'm cleaning the toilets. And you're a janitor? No, I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And when I'm not leading my organization. I'm at Jake's house cleaning their toilets. Not because they asked me to, but because I saw my father doing it. I saw my father doing it. In the day of my power, my people will volunteer freely. Why? Because in the day of his power, the people of God will be functioning as sons of God, not as menial servants who are trying to get somebody's attention through manipulative servanthood. The sons of God will see the father, which is actually a servant. What kind of God washes the feet? What kind of God washes feet? What kind of God plays in the dirt? What kind of God is stripped down naked and, and hung on a tree and, and intercedes for the very people that are mocking him? What kind of God does that? What kind of church are we going to be? We're going to be the most, it'll be the, the church we are about to lay down on our idol called logic and reason. We're going to stop looking to round tables that Coca-Cola and Pepsi are having and how they're engaging with the culture through billions of dollars. We're going to get back to the fishes and the loaves, and we're going to start doing stuff that radically revolutionizes the way that the earth should function. And where does it begin? It begins with a holy hunger. It begins with frustration. That's where it begins, but that's not where it ends. And I'm telling you something. If you've been singing, I, I'm desperate for you, lay down the poser desperation. If you were that desperate, if, if everybody that sang that song was actually desperate, we would be in the third great awakening. Years ago, years ago, years ago. The problem is we sing something way too many times and there's no revelation. It's somebody else's revelation. But then we lay it out to the mass market of Christianity and they're not there. They're not even there. They're not even there. The very same people that sing, I'm desperate for you, they're, they're actually functionally desperate for a lot of other things. Listen, the greatest worship songs that are being released right now are not being released in the church. Because if they were, we would take it, we'd mass produce it. 
And it would go out and it would inoculate the world. Give them just enough intimacy. Give them just enough passion to keep them from discerning the real thing, the real opportunity. The most radical worship songs that are being released right now are being released to 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds on their little keyboards and organs at home as they're pouring out their heart to the Lord. I was captured up in a vision, and in the vision I was on 405, and I heard that song, um, that song by Third Day. It was, um, it was uh, your love, O oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. I heard this song, and I, it was going, it was covering 405. The, the song was like covering, and I could hear, I rolled down my window and it got louder. Your faithfulness. And I thought, where is is this coming from? Where is this coming from? So I began, I, like you can do in dreams, I began to float. I flew out of my car, and I began to ascend towards the source of the sound. And the, the closer I got to the sound, the louder it got. It was a sound that was covering all 405. It was the worship of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, I floated into a, into a house. There was an old man at a piano. He was worshiping the Lord, and he thought it was just him and the Lord. But it wasn't. It was this old guy. It was an old guy. Yeah, God's using old guys. And it was this old guy. And he thought it was just him. And this is what I did. I, I began, in the spirit, cheering him on. And you, you know what I said? I, I wasn't cheering him on. I was pleading with him. I was begging him. I was begging him to not stop worshiping. I was saying, don't stop. Don't stop playing. Don't stop worshiping. You have no idea what your worship's doing. You have no idea what your sound is doing. Don't stop. I was pleading, but he couldn't hear me. I was in the spirit, and he was playing. He couldn't hear me, and I was pleading with him. Don't stop. Listen, don't stop praying. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop seeking him in the private place. If you're hungry, get hungrier. But don't engage with this with this kind of um, poser hunger. <laughs> no, no, no. Protect your heart. Protect your heart and discern. Discern what's real. Discern what's holy. Discern what's legit. And surround yourself with either sinners or with hungry Christians. Unless you come under that same spirit of complacency that would love to nullify the power that would love to squash the power of God on the earth. If you're complacent, repent. Now is the time to turn away from complacency. Now is the time to turn away from the blah. Now is the time to return back to your first love. Now is the time for you to get born again, again. Now is the time for you to say, this is my relationship with him. I'm I'm going to foster this. I'm going to protect this. I'm going to engage with with the spirit of awakening. Listen, if revival doesn't break out, it wasn't Pastor Keith's fault. It wasn't your church's fault. If revival doesn't manifest in your life this year, it's because you were too busy for him. You were too busy to create that place for him. It ain't 20 minutes. It ain't 15 minutes. It ain't three hours in the glory. It's you in spirit and in truth getting real with the Lord. It could be two minutes. It doesn't matter. I took a nap. I, I took a nap. <laughs> I took a nap. That's why I was late on Sunday night. I took a nap. It was one of those naps. Have you ever had one of those naps? No, I, I, you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those long naps where you wake up and you don't know what day it is. I'm not talking about that. How many of you love those naps too? Come on, how do you love a nap? Like, when you get to nap, you know, that's like prosperity for me. You know, you said prosperity, it doesn't have to be money. Prosperity for me is like, when I've been given the freedom, the time, and the space to go to my room. Here's what happened. I, I, I laid down, 
Then I woke up after a long nap. And then I looked at the alarm clock. I realized something. I'd only been asleep for 10 minutes. And I felt great. I got up. I went downstairs. Andrew said, I thought you were going to take a nap. I said, I did. And I feel great. Let me tell you something. Don't let somebody else put their formula for prayer on you. This isn't about them. This isn't about that book. This is about your book. This is about your living scroll. How are you going to connect? And I'm telling you, you get this right, and that 10 minutes will be more valuable than the last 10 years. There's a battle for that 10 minutes. There's a battle for that time. Maybe I should open the word. I, I don't know. What is that? It's the snake. Maybe I feel the glory of God. Maybe we should go with this, right? Or, or not. That's what is that? What is it? It's, it's pride. It's the fear of man. It's the what if. Like if I surrender control, what's it going to look like? What's like, how, you know, what, how is this all going to, how is this all going to work? And, 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 and this, this is where we're, we're going to have to be willing to look like fools. We're going to have to be willing to do stuff that just, we're going to have to be willing to lay down our math. Let me tell you something. America has, America has given a model for church to the Pacific Rim that looks nothing like the New Testament. You go to Singapore, you go to Malaysia, you go to Indonesia, you go to their largest churches. There's a lot of people, but not a lot of miracles. And we're accountable. We're accountable. We've said this is what success looks like. This is what revival looks like. And you won't even know the next move of God because it's going to look nothing like the last one. And it's going to look nothing like the history books. If God's going to do a new thing, the only place you're going to be able to go is the Word. You're just going to have to go to the Word. You're going to have to discern the Spirit and say, like, where is this at in the Word? Um, James Watt, the last living elder of the latter rain revival, we went and met with him. He said, after the meetings, we would stay up all night. Our wives would make us coffee and cookies. We would drink, and it's a different day now. We would stay up all night drinking coffee, eating cookies, in our Bibles, trying to find where in the Bible the things we were experiencing on the earth were. The things we were hearing and saying were so new, we had no grid for it, we would search the scriptures, and it made us become Bereans. It forced us. It was so far off our grid, we had nothing, we had nothing to compare it to. That's where we're going. But it, you engage in that place of familiarity. You engage in that place of, 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 well, I can't engage with that. That looks too much like the old thing. No, you go back to where it left off because I'm telling you what happened in Marysville, and I don't even know the story, but at a certain I know there was a battle for the revival at Marysville First Assembly. I know, there was, I know there was an opportunity. I know there was a battle for ownership. I know there was a battle regarding pride. I know there was a, a battle. I don't know the story at all, but I know it was there in the same way 
away with them in, in, uh, in um, Australia, it's, uh, the Sunshine Coast. We went into revival. Witches were coming in to put curses on us. They get saved. They get healed. They get delivered. Um, one witch uh, uh, used heroin, had the horrible track marks all over her, her arm. She got saved. She got prayed for. When she got off the floor, she had baby skin all over her arm. No more track marks. She's the one that told us, next Tuesday night, there's going to be more of them. Why? Because Tuesday night's our night to come to revival meetings, put curses on you. So we knew they were there. Every Tuesday night, all you witches, we know you're here. Tonight's your night to get healed because God loves you. He's going to save you. He's going to deliver you. That's not taking place there right now. Why? Because of the battle for revival. It was ownership. It was the love of money. It was pride. It was whose revival is this? What man is going to govern over it? Do you remember the, the, the part of the Bible where there was a people that said, give us an earthly king? With every move of God, there's a people that says, here's an opportunity to start a network. Now let's find an earthly king that'll govern over it. I'm telling you what God is about to do. It's going to be, I'm so covered in the fear of the Lord that it's not just going to be for opportunists that can take a move and then establish a movement and establish an earthly king. What we need aren't more networks. What we need aren't more theories on how to do reformation. What we need is the man of fire to come in the midst of us. And, and I'm telling you, it's, it's his will. It's the will of God for his kingdom. And how dare Darren, how can you say that? Because Jesus gave it away when he said, when you pray, don't, you pray like this. When you pray, you pray like this. Don't be like the religious Pharisees that only pray in public. Don't be like the religious hypocrites that only pray when they have a microphone. When you pray, you get alone. You get by yourself. And when you pray, you get in that secret place. And when you pray, you pray like this. Dad, I know where you be. Holy is your character and the nature of your identity. May your kingdom come. May the, your perfect government come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us and lead us not into temptation. Keep us away from the snake. Keep the snake away from us. Let us discern when the snake is in the garden. Why do you have snakes in the garden? Because it's the same garden where people walk with God. Anytime there's an opportunity for a people, for a company to walk with God, there will be a snake in that garden and we will have to discern it and you will have to call people on their stuff and you, will, you might even have to call Pastor Darren on his stuff. I praise the Lord. I've surrounded myself with people that say, Darren, that's great, but why? What's your motive? What's driving you? What's behind this? Why? Not because of Darren, not because of a person, but because of there are principalities and powers that are enemies to the gospel, that are enemies to a move of God. And the battle is for true intimacy. The battle is for true growth, but not systems-based growth, but the kind of growth where you cast your net and God breaks it, where God breaks your net. Here's the thing. We say, we've been fishing all night, haven't caught anything. God's like, well, why don't you try it my way? And that's the invitation. We grew 13% last year. So what? You caught some fish. I want to fish with God. 
and to get some of the fat off the body. To take some of that excess and to redirect it into our communities. Yeah, not by finding a model that's working somewhere else. We lay down our models for the man, for the burning man, for the man of God. This is the battle. Ever since we started going after, I mean, we've always been going after things of God, just like, every, like everyone, you know. But in February 2016, there was the opportunity to kind of keep going with some meetings, to kind of keep going. That's not a big deal. Like extending a conference is not a big deal, unless you're me. If you were me, you were terrified. You were fearful. People were getting healed, and I was doubting if it was real. Why? Because of the snake. Because of the snake. The battle was for the presence of vibrancy in this place. Of, and I'm telling you, it's, it came as fear, and then it came as doubt. I met with my team. I said, I know you guys are doubting this, because I am too, and it ain't you. It's the snake. I didn't have words for it. And then going through Christmas break and having a time of rest, but not realizing, not realizing that there was an attack against my energy. Not, not realizing it, but there was a snake coming after me so that I would play 2018 safe, so that I would pull back instead of engage. That without realizing it, I was backsliding over Christmas break. You see, here's the problem. A lot of people think that backsliding is when you start drinking Bud Light and watching radar movies. Okay? That might be an external fruit of backsliding. Listen, backsliding is when you pull back and you start framing things up outside of the presence. And then Charlie Robinson came in. He said, I see, as soon as I came into this ministry house, as soon as I came onto the ground, I saw an apple. For us, the apple is symbolic of peace. Bob Jones believed that the apple was symbolic of peace. And for us, it's symbolic of the move of God in, a, in the expression of our community. He said, I saw the snake coming against the apple. I don't know what it means. I've got to pray into it. I began praying into it. And then, I'll, then I remembered Bob Jones spoke to Daryl Stott. So there's a move of God in Indonesia, but I see this snake coming after the move. I didn't even say anything to Charlie. Charlie came to me and said, what's this? Well, that's a prophetic word we got from Jeremy Nelson about the apple wine. That's what I saw. The symbol, I saw the apple, and I saw the snake coming after the apple. This is what he said. The enemy's coming after the move of God here. And that's in all these dots. I even preached this thing before. I didn't get this thing out of a can to reserve to you guys this morning. I didn't reheat this in a microwave. You need to hear this. If you're going to engage with the things of God this year, get ready because there will be a battle for revival. There will be a battle for awakening. And it will come to attack your soul. It will come to trigger fear. It will come to trigger all these things. But if you're willing to pay the price, if you're willing to say, it does, it, this, this, this may get messy, this may get whatever else, but I don't have to own it. This won't be mine. I will not trademark this. I will not copyright this. I could tell you tons of stories and tons of things where the enemy came, came in right off the bat to stir up all kinds of stuff in relationships and all kinds of stuff when it came to ownership. And for two years, for two years, we were always making things like repenting and stuff, you know, stuff that we didn't have, stuff that wasn't even in our hearts, taking, taking responsibility and repenting for stuff that was being perceived the wrong way and just trying to walk, you know, oh, the, you, know you're, you did everything perfect or whatever. No, 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 it has nothing to do with that. 
It has everything to do with the moment you begin to ride the wave of the Spirit. There'll be everybody, there'll be so many people, I'm telling you, good people will do whatever it takes to get you off the wave, to get you to grab your board and come back onto the shore. Because they'll say, how profitable is it to ride the wave? You can't just stay in that kind of, you know, I've been to your meetings. All you guys do is roll and laugh and, and laugh. how many people are getting saved? How many, you know, like, you know, and you guys are heroes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, if you give into that, you'll start having to manufacture energy which is counterfeit revival. When you have to begin um, uh, um, generating counterfeit passion, when you have to begin developing a, 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 a certain look for what worship looks like, now, I do that, but how much work is that? If you're having to do that, if you're having to act like you got intimate, like the opportunity is to get real, to get real. During the 90s, when I get hit by the Lord, I, he hit me in my gut. A little kid, 14, 15. I hit the gut. Oh, oh, oh. The crunches, the hose, whatever you call it. One night I was laying on the ground just enjoying it. Just Oh, oh, getting hit in the gut, doing my crunches. When all of a sudden the Lord came to me and spoke to me and said, Darren, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm hoeing. He said, stop. Stop. And I stopped. And when I did, all of a sudden the glory of the Lord came. My face got glued to the floor. Snot, drool, the room disappeared as I had connection with my dad. Just this connection with him. What are you doing? Stop. He wants to do a new thing. And yesterday's encounter can become tomorrow's tradition. What do we do? Do we rebuke the snake? No. Do we talk to the snake? No. That, that, don't do that. Ooh, a talking snake. Oh. The God really say, right? No, what do we do with principalities and powers? We do what David did. I got this from Charlie Robinson. I was like, I've never felt such warfare, you guys, coming into this year. I've never felt so much resistance. It's not even the spirits. My kids, in the last two, two, in the last two and a half years, um, we've never been to the emergency room so many times. We've never had so many bizarre accidents and things. I'm talking about like flying knives coming off like our counter and cutting my bone, like, and then and then stuff that we just don't even talk about. Stuff that only my wife and I know about. That's very personal and just you know just stuff. And what, and, and, and what do we do? I said, I said to Charlie Robinson, how do, we, how do we change this? This resistance, it's so, like, it's so personal. It's so real. It's just to the degree that I felt like weariness, weariness, without even realizing, without even realizing that's the snake. It's weariness. It's the loss of passion, the loss of passion in worship, the loss of passion to pray and to connect with the Father. 
It's the feeling of being overwhelmed. It's, it's hopelessness. It's anxiety. And it's masked with revivalism and charismatic language. Well, inside feeling tired. I said to Charlie, what do we do? How do we, how do we confront this? How do we break the snake? And so he said, he said, Darren, you do what David did. I said, what did David do? He said, well, read your Psalms. Every time David got attacked, he didn't fight. He hid. He said, Darren, learn to hide. That when the adversary comes, don't defend yourself. Don't attack the person. That when the adversary comes, agree with your adversary and quickly hide. Hide in him. He'll be your refuge. He'll be your hiding place. This is what I'm doing. I'm repenting for any ways that I've partnered with the snake, intentionally or unintentionally. For, for partnering with that spirit of religion, the spirit of charismatic tradition, the spirit of having to be in control. So this is what I'd like to do as a house of intercessors and leaders. Let us stand, and I would like us to repent of any way that we've partnered with the spirit of the snake, and then we're going to ask Jesus to judge it, to remove its influence from our lives so that we can go into 2018 with a rededication, with a refocus, with re uh, in alignment with the burning one. Because can I tell you something? Where there's fire, the snakes are driven out.